Well, hello, and we welcome you to the World Travel Dad Show, where we help you travel intelligently with your family. With trip planning, money-saving tips, and funny stories, we are a resource for your next travel chapter. We are excited to have you here, and we hope our adventure helps you with yours. Tips, jokes, stories, and overall fun for your ears to enjoy. Now here's our host, World Travel Dad. Welcome in. You found the World Travel Dad Show. I'm your host, James Olson, a.k.a. the World Travel Dad. And I'm recording stateside here. I'm back at my home here in Colorado. This is your first time joining me. The background is I took a trip with my family for 14 months. We went to Europe, then Southeast Asia, and then back to Europe. We came back a couple weeks ago. And our thing is we like to share our experiences and hopefully it helps you plan trips that really pay dividends for a lifetime in terms of memories and gaining a better kind of global perspective. It's always been something I was interested in. Uh, But travel is never too far from my mind. And so lately I've been going back over some of my prior episodes trying to mine in there to see if there's any kind of helpful way to pull them all together. And we call these flashback episodes. And today is a really fun one. We're going to do Vietnam. We're going to do specifically northern Vietnam. Uh, I did several episodes uh, from our month-long trip to Vietnam. Not as many as I wanted to. There's there's too much to talk about. So you have to kind of pick out little things. And my general thesis is uh, a trip to Vietnam is well worth it. I'll probably go again in my life, hopefully. So hope you enjoy the... The first part, uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about things I weren't, wasn't able to cover, and then the second part of the show will be all the flashbacks from the various Vietnam episodes. So thank you so much for joining me today. So looking back on Vietnam, during our trip, this was the last country in Southeast Asia that we visited. Prior to this, prior to going to Vietnam, we had been to... Indonesia, specifically Bali. I always like to say Indonesia. It sounds a little more legit. I think when people say, you know, hear Bali, they think, oh, a bunch of Westerners, you know, doing yoga, drinking green shakes. And that's true. I mean, that is what it's all about. It's, it's why it's kind of ironic that I was one of the first people in my group of friends to go to Bali because I'm not generally into yoga and green shakes, but I defy you to go to Bali and not become interested in that stuff. But Thailand was kind of my overall favorite. Thailand was great, uh, unforgettable. But we still had 30 days in Vietnam, and I went in with an open mind, and uh, I was really shocked at how amazing it was as a country and how affordable it was. I talk a lot about costs. I think that's an important discussion. And for me... It was just very, very affordable. Things were reasonably uh, priced. The food was was really good. You don't. I never really thought of Vietnamese food as being amazing. I know some people are would say, "Of course, you know, what do you? Of course, it's amazing. You must not know what you're talking about." But you know, people in the states until recently, people didn't know what a banh mi was. Now, banh mi places all over the. Banh mi is 
I talked about it in the in the episodes, but it's it's the uh, the baguette sandwich that's ubiquitous of uh, street stands, and they're they're just phenomenal. And you you get one of these little things in the morning with egg, sausage, whatever. Um, the, each stand is going to make them a little bit different uh, differently. And you know, my son and I had our had our little favorite one, and so we'd roll in there in the morning and it's pretty busy in, in Hawaiian especially. Uh, but she would, she knew that, uh, it's going to be a tough communication. So we figured out a way to do it. She would just point to the stuff, create this amazing bond me and we'd go, we'd sit and eat that and you'd, uh, get a fresh, uh, mango and you're just kind of looking around. And I mean, that, that to me is kind of, that with the, with some of the Vietnamese coffee with the condensed milk, I mean, that's just Vietnam in a nutshell right there. And that doesn't even, that's like the food part. That doesn't get into some of the other dishes, some of the natural beauty you can take advantage of. You know, we we went on a cruise in Heilong Bay. That was a highlight. <clears throat> that was the first cruise that my kids had been on. They thought it was pretty amazing. My one complaint is I didn't get to spend enough time on the ship. Had a putting green up top. I mean, I would have, I would have hung out and had a few beers and and putted a lot more. But they kind of hustle you in and out. And we did a two nighter. Some people do the single night cruise. We did a two nighter. Got the full experience. We did the caves at Phong Nha, and that was amazing. And it was all northern Vietnam. So there's the south. There's the north. I've heard different things. Yeah, I was just actually getting my hair cut today, and and the person was from Vietnam. So I was saying, like, this is the best haircut I've had since Vietnam, and you're you're a Vietnamese person. So, um, but she was from the South, and so I was, I had never been to the South. I've been to the North, and the North is generally thought of as a little more stodgy, a little stern, worse weather, maybe a little more pollution. And I, I tackled that in this in the episode of about Hanoi, the myth versus reality. So there's I I spliced out a little bit of a highlight from that show in the second half here. Basically my idea was to go back through all of the you know, Turkey episodes, all of the Italy episodes, uh, any Czech Republic, try to just mine through those, see if there's a there's some ways to distill it down because really for me Travel podcasts are good when I'm either thinking about traveling or I'm actually going on a trip somewhere. So, you know, the idea of these episodes is if you're planning a trip to Vietnam, I can kind of point you in the right direction and make sure you know what you're getting into in terms of vaccinations. I mean, there's a lot of vaccinations you're going to want. Malaria, interestingly enough, uh, I'm not giving medical advice here, but we didn't do the malaria. Uh, mosquitoes were somewhat sparse in Vietnam, much to to my uh, liking. I kind of expected that to be maybe the worst part, but they've somehow eradicated it. I, I don't know. I don't know what they did. But it's pretty amazing. You're walking through these jungles, wet rice paddies, and somehow mosquitoes aren't proliferating maybe the way you would, you would expect. I think... For me, though, with all the great places we went in Vietnam, Hanoi was number one. That does it for me. I think you could spend 10 days there, not get bored. Very manageable, compact old town, wonderful outdoor food scene. 
wonderful kind of crazy nightlife cultural stuff, but not not too crazy. The hotel we stayed at was comfortable. Runs about 46 USD a night. You could get a really amazing dinner for four for like 20 bucks. You know, but you got to eat at one of the street places. That's one of my themes. You know, if you're, you got to, you know, I I tend to have a stronger stomach and I kind of shake my head at people that can't eat some of this stuff. But so I can't, I don't know. My family and I ate at a bunch of these street things and no one got sick in Vietnam. No one got sick at all the entire time. And I can't say the same for Thailand. You know, my son got food poisoning at least twice in Thailand. So say what you will. I, you know, I think Vietnam has a lot figured out. I know I used to, so yeah, if you have any questions about Hanoi, I know people question whether it's the right spot to go to, but reach out to me like for nothing more than to help people point them in the right direction. I know I had a listener reach out about his Thailand trip the other day. That's totally fun. My email address is right there. So, uh, send me an email anytime I will, uh, get to it. Beer. That's the BCI that we talk about, the beer cost index. And uh, the BCI here in Vietnam so far is, is good. It's a good BCI. It's better than Thailand's. Thailand, uh, Thailand's BCI was, was a little frustrating at times. Um, but we're still talking a couple of dollars for beer, which... I know that doesn't sound like much, but when you drink beer every day like I do, I mean, it adds up. So you really got to be thinking about that. But I can get a dollar beer here in in, uh, uh, in Vietnam. I'm in the town of Hoi An, which is a, it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. There's a lot of old architecture here from the French occupation in the 1950s, but... That's about it. They, that's the only thing they left that was French. Vietnam is a fiercely independent country. They gained their independence from China in 938 A.D., 1,300 years ago. They've been an independent country ever since with little spurts of occupation, like the French were here, um, you know, there's always tensions with China. I mean, it's 1,300 year, years of tensions with, with China. China is directly bordered to the north, and Vietnam and China share the South China Sea. Uh, but Vietnam has been very clear that they're their own country. They're not China. They're It's a socialist republic. Um, it's There are no elections that I can tell. And there's a hammer and sickle on every corner, so it's definitely socialist. But the the Vietnamese government, I'm I'm sitting in Vietnam, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go political and comment on the human rights stuff. I mean that's for another day. But the government very um, astutely has adopted a lot of co- uh, capitalist policies, and so they become a real sort of beacon of capitalism in the region and it's very interesting to see that in operation um you know it's 
Southeast Asia to me in general is, I call it the land of, of a thousand jobs. I mean, you, there's, there, there, anyone can have a job. There, there are things you can do. Um, the, the economy just kind of keeps on chugging along on a, you know, on a diet of coffee, cigarettes, and like noodles. And everyone seems to be happy, relatively healthy. Um, it's nice to see the children playing and being happy. And it's nice to be in a place where, um, things generally seem to be going well. And I would, I would urge Westerners, Americans to really embrace countries like Vietnam, get over the fact that there's a hammer and sickle and a socialist icon on every corner. I know it's uncomfortable. Not every country is going to be exactly like the United States. And you always have to remember that the U.S. is is ranked 44th in the world in terms of corruption levels. We There are 43 countries that are less corrupt in the world rankings than the United States. 43. So I'm just here to tell you, I know this sounds strange if you're listening to this, but the U.S. is not the overall best country in the world. I know. I know we were told that. Um, I think in many, many ways the U.S. is the best country in the world. But if this is your first time listening to the show, thanks for joining us. We like to do something called do's and don'ts section, which is a mini travel guide for any city that I've visited. And when I feel like I have a good grasp on how things operate, I share it in a list of things that you should do, things that you should not do in that city. I like to give it at least a week and uh, spend a lot of time uh, you know, overturning every every rock, you know, dotting every I, seeing uh, what I can find out to pass along information if you're thinking of going to the places that I've been. And without further ado, uh, the do's and don'ts of Hoi An, Vietnam, which, as I said, is a terrific city. So excited to share this city with you. Uh, as usual, things revolve quite a bit around food for me and my family. So the number one do is to try a banh mi sandwich. B-A-N-H-M-I, banh mi. Um, this is a mini baguette, warmed baguette sandwich with any number of fillings, some pork, beef. I was eating them for breakfast. You can find these stands throughout. You're going to get a 50-cent sandwich usually. Uh, it's like I said, it's warm, it's spicy. Um, you walk, what you do is you walk behind the, the little stand on the side of the road and the, it's usually a lady. I don't know why, but, uh, I dealt with, um, female banh mi chefs and you can point to what you want in there and they will suggest things. Uh, they hardly speak much English although it varies, the one banh mi person I went to a lot spoke a little bit of English, and so we communicated quite well. And uh, I uh, I would get one of those for breakfast and have some Vietnamese coffee, and 
you just you can't you can't do better than that. That's such a wonderful breakfast. There's so much versatility with these banmis. Um, I even was getting just the baguettes alone. I'd grab a couple of those for for the kids. Uh, my son likes the the egg banmi, so do I. But my daughter just sometimes likes some bread and fruit, and so that's a great option for uh, your breakfast. I know some of these locations, it's hard to get an American style breakfast, but look, if you're going, if you want, you know, bacon, eggs and all that stuff, don't, you should, don't even travel, like stay, stay at home, stay in the States. But if you're, if you're out on the road, you're going to have to get creative on breakfast. So definitely try the banh mi. Um, okay. In Hoi An, the first don't is, uh, don't engage in a contract to purchase any of these knickknacks without knowing the price first. I fell into this trap so many times. I call it a trap because I really think it's kind of a, a gentle ripoff. I don't I don't want to accuse the people of Hoi An, the, the wonderful people, and they were wonderful, but um, I don't want to accuse them of, a, of an outright scam, but... There's there's some tricky stuff going on there, and it's better to know the price before you buy something. Um, you might hear one word come out of their mouth, um, sorry, one number, and then the change you get back might not reflect that. So the other thing you, you ought to do is do hand signals um, for to show what price you hear them say. Um, there is some give, you know, you can negotiate a little bit. But here's here's the uh, pro tip. You, uh, you hear them quote a price, you show them with your money what you think the price was. And that way, nobody can misunderstand what, what the price was. Because several times I heard them say something, I did the hand signal, we thought we had a price, I got back about 10000 less, which by the way is not much, um, but um, I fell victim to that one. Uh, don't let it happen to you. Don't feel bad about just making absolutely sure that you know what the price of these things are. And by the way, if you if you fall victim to that trap, you're going to lose about 50 cents USD. So don't lose any sleep over it. Um, number three, uh, and this kind of ties in with number one uh, on the bond me, but do stop to eat at the local noodle bars on the side of the road. The Hoi An... Um, is famous for um, a cow lao noodle, it's called, and it's a rice noodle, a lot of uh, rice stuff. If you have a slight gluten intolerance, you're going to love Hoi An. If you're celiac, I don't know if I'd trust a lot of the stuff, but um, even the rice-based, but if you just have a slight intolerance, like my wife, you're going to be in heaven because you can eat all these rice noodles. Rice um, accounts for about 50% of the daily caloric intake of a Vietnamese person, they just, they do tons of rice and um, these local noodle bars, you should not be afraid of them. They have little tiny chairs and they're only locals eating there. You know, no, no white people, no Westerners, no, uh, no Germans, you know, speaking fluent English, nothing against Germans, but I'll, I'll sometimes go into these restaurants and there's Dutch, there's French, there's German, there's definitely Americans, Australian, British. And I look around, there's you know, no, no Vietnamese people, you know, they, and 
I, I just feel like you occasionally you have to go eat somewhere where there are no Westerners. I mean, that's why you came to Vietnam. These local noodle bars um, are terrific. They're relatively cheap. You can actually get food almost as cheap at some of the Western places, but um, do yourself a favor at least once. Go eat uh, where there are no Westerners, only locals, side of the road, noodle bars. It's totally safe in Hoi An. I can't. Hanoi, Vietnam is an amazing city, and many of people have heard of it. They're, it's the second largest city in Vietnam. The first largest is Ho Chi Minh City in the south. Hanoi is to the north, and we had to choose between those two cities, and we ended up choosing Hanoi. And part of the reason was um, it's, it's supposed to be a little more um, maybe developed and a little more sort of culturally relevant. I think we had heard Ho Chi Minh City was trying to cater a little bit too much to Western tourists, but I think it's six to one, half dozen to the other. I think they're both probably fantastic cities. But the first thing we had heard about when we came here, um, we had initially had a 10-day itinerary in the city, and we kind of cut that down to six days because we had read some recent reviews from our the Facebook you know, world schooling types, which I generally trust their opinion, but people were kind of a little down on Hanoi. Um, the weather, that's the first thing we had heard, that it's, um, it's gray and it's cold. And as I am recording, it's gray and it's cold. So they were right about that. But to complain about that, I think is you're kind of missing the point. I don't think you come to the city for weather. And so the first um, myth versus reality is, is true, that it, it does seem kind of gray and um, kind of bleak almost. And that if that bothers you, then you know perhaps steer clear. Maybe a southern city is, is a better choice. Um, for our trip, it didn't really bother us. It's almost kind of a welcome thing. You know, we had been in some hotter locations, although not terribly hot. But, you know, to, to, to give you an idea of the weather, um, I'll, I'll do uh, Celsius first for you Celsius people. Um, it's, it's about anywhere from 16 to uh, when it's cloudy, it's about 15 to 19 degrees Celsius. So maybe upper 50s, low 60s for Fahrenheit. Um, when the sun comes out, it can get well into the 30s Celsius. Uh, this is going to get confusing if I have to keep jumping back and forth. So we'll stick to Celsius. Um, and apparently this weekend it's going to be a little bit warmer. And that, that'll be kind of nice. Um, you know, it's a little bit chilly. But again, you're not coming here for the weather. So you know, bring a sweatshirt. Okay, the next thing, the traffic. Ooh, you know, big bad traffic. You hear all about it. Um, you can already tell where I'm going with this one. It's it's not that bad. I mean, I think that that is uh, that's really overblown. Uh, even the Vietnamese people we talked to before we headed up north here, they were kind of like, "Ooh, are you are you sure? You know, can you handle all the honking of the horns?" 
Um, and I got to tell you, I, I don't really, I mean, I guess I hear some horns, but I heard, I heard honking horns in, you know, Hoi An or Bali, you know, um, Thailand people use the honker. I mean, that's not, you know, these little honks on a Honda scooter, they're not going to keep me away from a city. So the, the traffic, um, it's hard to understand what's going on, but you can use that to your advantage. I mean, it's not like you as a tourist can't get involved in the melee. You just got to get out there. And nobody knows what's going on. The locals don't know how the traffic's supposed to operate. So you just you, you walk out there confidently. You know, if you have kids with you, don't freak out. Don't don't stand on the side of the of the street and, you know, clutching your your fanny packs. You need to just grab your kid's hand, make sure, you know, uh, we we have a crossing buddy, you know, we have a buddy system. And you just get out there, and like I said in the last episode, you don't stop in the middle of the street. You just keep going, and the scooters will go around you. They'll they'll go behind you if they if they can gauge your speed. But if you're doing herky jerky stop stuff, then they can't gauge it, and and it's gonna not be good for for anyone. So I think the Hanoi. Thank you for listening to this show. I am constantly trying to improve through the process of iteration. Your time is valuable, and I appreciate you spending it here. We are now available on Google, Apple, and Spotify. Wherever you are listening, please take a moment to leave a five-star review and hit subscribe. And I promise to do whatever I can to send you good vibes. Good vibes.